Hey there, Dr. Craig Davies. We're back at Achieve Depth Radio. Today we have David Donatucci on with us and he is literally one of the original people to help develop the fields of golf, fitness, and performance. He's been there since day one. Uh, he started his kind of career working with the organizations like the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Cavaliers. He went on to be the director of performance at IMG Academy's Performance Institute in Bradenton, Florida. He was the director of fitness performance for the PGA of America. And now he's down in West Palm Beach at his own facility, the Florida Institute of Performance, where he works with some of the best players in the world from both the LPGA and the PGA, including Daniel Berger. Uh, he is incredible. Today we're talking about a very specific tool that you can now use to measure power output in your athletes, uh, whether you're at your facility or on the road. It's one of the few pieces of equipment we can use to measure this specific skill. And uh, I think it's a really great episode. Again, this is David Donatucci, one of the legends, one of the original people in the field of golf fitness, golf performance. We're here, we're live, it's Achieve Depth Radio. These are the leading experts in energy, nutrition, water, health and human performance, fitness and personal medicine. If you're looking to maximize your mental, physical, athletic and professional performance, these are the experts for you. Achieve Depth Radio, this is not what's now, this is what's next. Hello everybody, this is Dr. Craig Davies for another episode of Achieve Depth Radio. And today I'm joined by a fellow uh, PGA Tour veteran uh, and one of the uh, top trainers in the world of golf fitness and just athlete training in general, uh, Dave Donatucci. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here today. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thanks Craig, I really appreciate it and I'm really happy to be on. Yeah, so for those that don't uh, know Dave, you can uh, see his bio in the, in the show notes, but you know, he's got a master of uh, exercise science. He's been involved in the training of, of humans, but athletes as well uh, since, well, a long time. We don't need to go how far, but he's, he's been Thanks. in this world for a long time, um, which is nice to find people who've been in this world longer than I have because it makes me feel not, a little bit young, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so thanks for that, Dave. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And so, you know, you can find Dave down in uh, Palm Beach Gardens, which is sort of like southeast Florida. Yes. Southeast yeah. Florida, uh, at the Florida Institute of Performance, and it's a really cool facility with a lot of great young and older athletes from all kinds of different sports in there. It's a it's a nice environment to be in. I really enjoy my time down there. Yeah, thanks. It's it's been helpful to kind of have a lot a good blend of of young and old, and kind of helps each other out. Yeah, no, it's cool, uh, and it's it's got a really nice vibe. When when I've been in there, which <clears throat> hasn't been a ton, but when I'm down in that area. It's got a great vibe going through that. It's laid out nicely. You guys have done a really nice job there. Um, you know, I, I can't go through all your bio because your bio is very extensive. You know, you could talk about, you know, how you were the person who wrote the instructions, in essence, for the PGA of America, right? Yeah, it was more the, on the fitness side, yes. Yeah. So we, re we redid all of the curriculum, education curriculum, the PGA of America when I got there in 2008, and it's still being implemented today as to kind of go through it to kind of really educate the teaching professionals on the essence of the importance of, of what you should look for in a fitness instructor and when, you, when you're trying to create your team environment. Yeah. It's awesome stuff. And then, you know, you were one of the top guys at IMG Academy with their fitness programs. You've ran the fitness program at uh, PJ National, mm -hmm. um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you've been doing this for a long time and you've done a great job. You have some unbelievable 
uh, high-end clients on both the ladies and the men's tour. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not a reach to say your experience working with athletes, right? <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with that. So, you know, one of the things that I always find uh, interesting is, you know, people who've been in the game for a while, there's a tendency for a lot of them to keep doing what they know how to, like what to do, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you get stuck in, in this pattern of, hey, this worked, I'm gonna keep doing yep. this because it worked. Um, but one of the things that I appreciate about you is you're constantly trying to uh, update your skill set. Um, you're trying to, to improve the options available that you have to work with your athletes. Uh, so we were talking uh, via text, I think it was the other last week or two weeks ago, and you're talking about some of the electromagnetic field devices that you were experimenting with, um, which obviously anyone who uh, was attended my lecture here at the World Golf Fitness Summit um, or knows some of my readings, that's something that I'm very interested in. Uh, I've seen amazing results with that. Uh, but one of the other things that you're involved with is the ballistic ball. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain, uh, for those who can't see it right now, obviously, right? Um, we're not using it uh, during the show, but explain the concept behind it, uh, what's gone into making this product, and, and then what, what's being used for right now. Product is a, it's a medicine ball with a spirometer in there that measures speed, power, and force. So when we're really looking at this, and it's one thing that, over the course of time is, you know, any sports performance coach is one of the things, that, well, we use medicine balls a lot, but the question is, well, what size ball should we use? What, what weight should we use? You know, how far, you know, how much should we utilize it? And, and now we actually have a way of measuring the, the, those, those, those questions uh, to figure those answers out. And, and it's been, really been a long time coming. I met a gentleman named Scott Damon a number of years ago with Assess to Perform. Um, and he was with a couple of companies before um, that, that were involved in the same types of things, MyoTest being one of them. And, and, and we always kind of got talking, hey, you know, the, there's a lot of things out there measuring speed of the bar. So when someone does a hang clean or a snatch, it's measuring the bar velocity yep. uh, and different types of things that way. So now this is a way for us to really measure rotational power, uh, which is something that in, in any rotational sport, whether it's golf, whether it's tennis, whether it's baseball, uh, we can kind of go on down the line, any type of other field events in the track and field world where you have a rotational type of athlete, there's really been no true way of measuring rotational power, rotational speed uh, w with them. And this ball now gives us, the, gives us uh, an, an, a way to measure a lot of those types of things. And, and it's really, it's, it, to me, it's simple, you know, with technology today, you can utilize it on your phone. So phone or iPad or any type of tablet device, uh, you can pull up the app and it can, can very much give you a graph answers to uh, looking at you know power uh, rate of force development uh, speed and also for me also fatigue index you know yeah. how somebody's fatiguing over the course of five or six or seven reps uh, that they're going through the movement so that's really the the, the, the short answer of the, the ball and, and and again it's a normal medicine ball so when you look at a medicine ball you put on your rack it's a normal medicine ball so you can use it as a medicine ball but the true essence of it is to measure you know your, your speed your force and your power with that yeah and you know I can't remember who I had on earlier, but we were, oh, it was Jason Glass, and we were talking about, you know, when you're, for him, it's his uh, load and explode mm -hmm. system, right? right? And I was trying to figure out, okay, when do you decide that the person has gone through enough reps? Because the days of saying, okay, you're going to do three sets of 10, at, 10 reps, you know, it works for certain situations, but it's not super specific, and, and it's hard 
to determine the level of fatigue an athlete is going through at the course of a set, but also from one day to the next, you know, we all have variability in, in how our bodies are reacting. And, and so this seems like a great tool to be utilized and determine, you know, should this person today do five reps or eight reps? Right. And you can actually see the, the rate of fatigue in essence based on the power output of this medicine ball. Right. So that can make the exercise prescription for that athlete specific for that person on that day, uh, which is very powerful. Correct, yeah, and, and, and it's one of the things I always looked at in, in you know, is I use the number of five. For any power exercise, it's always been five for me. Yeah. You know, I'd go back to Newton's work out of Australia and they always talk about it. After about five, six reps, the fatigue index starts to increase, especially on a high neural activity, any type of you know, Olympic type of lifting or all throw medicine balls into that category because it's more nervous system driven uh, with, with high speed explosive type work. But you know, it, it's, again, it's, it's a random number. You know, some people may be, it might be seven, some people right. might be three. So again, this, this gives us immediate feedback to kind of measure that right then again there. And I, and I really, until talking about this right now, I never really thought about, well, hey, this could be a, a, a daily you know, measurement of, of somebody's fatigue because we really don't know, you know how much sleep did they get? Yep. Did they eat well the night before? Did they eat well the two days before to kind of to kind of figure those types of things out? Are they stressed about something? Did the girlfriend just yell at them, say something to them? So all those factors kind of go into, you know, the, the overall fatigue index. So, you know, having a, hey, walk in, do all your warm-up stuff, let's measure, let's measure fatigue index. Let's see where we are. And if yesterday you threw the five kilo ball at 12 meters per second, and if you're at eight today, you may have a little bit of an issue. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good good way of measuring that. Yeah, no, it's it's that's I think it's fantastic. And you know, that's one of the things one of the things we talked about um, earlier before we were on camera was a lot of the things that golfers do doesn't make a lot of sense, right? You go out, you practice before you play, you play for four or five, five and a half hours, then you go out and you hit balls again on the range for a couple hours. And you know, one of the things I try to do is use uh, foot inserts, trying to figure out how we can use these inserts with force plate measurement so that we can see the level of fatigue after a round and whether it makes sense to go and hit balls. With this, you could literally use it um, to get your baseline, your give or take where I'm at on a standard day with good energy and, and good uh, recovery mechanisms put in place. And if I'm showing a 25% drop in my power output, well, why would I work on something that's right. power related at that point? Correct. So I think it's um, not only good just to see during my workout, uh, what kind of load I should do, but how does it start allowing my prescription of my practice for individual sports? Right. Um, because even if a sprint, right, if you if you got someone who's going to sprint down this hall right now, you're like, oh, you know, you just ran an 11.4 instead of 10.8. Right. Well, you could say it's technique, you could say it's whatever, but now we can have at least an extra tool to be able to assess, well, no, look, we check their power input, whatever it is, whether it's a slam, whether it's a throw, you can start to see are the numbers adding up to what we right. expect that athlete to be able to produce? Right, right. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. Now, with this ball, does it come in just one size? Is it multiple sizes? It, it's multiple sizes. Right now, it's a, a two to six kilo ball. Okay. So you have it in kilograms. It's just kind of the way the, the metric system works a little bit easier. I think we're the only country in the world that uses the, the, the non-metric system. Yeah, so it's, know, you know. We, we can get into the debate of that. But when I, I moved down here, I found it very tough to, to start. You know, more so when you're driving your car, and normally it's like, oh, you know, back in Canada, be, uh, you did a turn in 500 or 400 meters, and I understand what that means, right? right. That's the length of one time around a track, I know that distance. 
But when they say 2,000 feet, I'm like, I got to turn in 2,000 feet? What does that mean? You know, like, I don't have a concept of how far that is. But um, so, yeah, I get the kilos. Kilos make sense so, to me. So, so it's in kilos right now, and, and it's getting an easy conversion. Uh, it's more internationally recognized, uh, and that's kind of where, and, and really, the, I was kind of looking at the price to say, okay, what, what, and its price is around $500, uh, and that's per ball. But, but if you look at any type of, you know, measurement technique, even the jump mat, the, the, the Vertec, all that, they're around $500. Yeah. So we're figuring out ways to, to kind of get that in there. And I think over the time, as, as the, we start getting moving on, they're, they're really looking at ways to start measuring more force of rate, rate of force development, you know, putting sensors on the body uh, a little better. And this uh, can company assess the performer looking at kind of really perfecting that. So, yeah. uh, and, and, and that's kind of where I think with the, with the balls purchase now, you'll get the upgrades and get the updates with all that, that, that kind of come along with that. And technology is changing everything. That, that we go through. So it's a little costly right now, but I, I think over the time and, you know, hey, you spend this and you actually save, you know, a fatigue index or, a, a, you know, an injury waiting to happen type of thing, I think it's, I think it's worth, the, worth the investment. Yeah, and, and you know, you guys will start obviously figuring out more and more utilization uh, tools with this product as you, you know, you use it more often right. and other people start using it more and give you their feedback, but you just, brought something up that I never really considered is the ability to potentially predict injury mechanisms, right? So again, so let's say someone's used to um, creating a hundred watts of power or whatever that number is, and then you're starting to see over the course of a month, they're going to like 95 to 90 to 85. That's a, a pretty good sign, especially if you combine that with, um, you know, different data, whether it's HRV measurements or nervous system fatigue measurements, <clears throat> where you can start predicting that the body is, is crashing out, right. you can easily go into recovery setting, which there's not very many tools that are out there from a fitness standpoint that allow that kind of prediction. Right. And yeah, other thing too is, you know, as we're talking about this, I mean, my biggest thing is, as I've always said that I think travel is harder on the body than people realize. Mm -hmm. And I think now when we start, you know, player comes back in, they travel back up Sunday night, they're coming in Monday for a, for a workout. It's like, oh, well, we, hey, we got to lift them hard today. It's because, you know, they, they've been traveling, they've gone for three weeks, we got to get them back to where they were before, but maybe not. You know, may, yeah. maybe with some of these indicators, th th this is the time where you need more of the mobility, you need more of the stability training, you need to kind of get them, their, their body back to back in place really so it's more soft tissue work it's more recovery modality work yeah. to kind of get them back to together because again if we're just beating them up beating them up beating them up by the time they leave again they're, they're worn out and again our indicators we don't we don't have if we don't have anything to measure that on a consistent basis we, we could just you know go through a season of you know golf season's a long 12 months grind yeah you know and we, we could be hurting them by the time they're get, supposed to get ready for for all the majors so what what are some of the exercises that you're common like right now that are most common for you to use this ball with? There's there's three main ones that we that we're look that we have in there, and and I'll go in more of terms of direction. Okay. So I'm going vertical mm -hmm. throw. So the, the the simple thing, the squat to press, uh, is what's in. And again, they're on the app. It measures these three. So you basically okay. push one of the indicators that go through it. Two is a rotational throw. Okay, so in me, me it's kind of like the, the the long arm rotational movement types of throw, which it, which it shows on on there, and and the 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 third one is the horizontal chest pass okay. type of movement, but from there really you can measure anything. 
So if you have any type of rotational, I've been doing, instead of doing the, the long arm rotational throw, I've been doing more of a shot put type of yep. throw. Ball at the side of the chest and pushing that way. I'm doing more of a discus type of throw where backs to the target, if you will, and you're kind of separating upper from lower body and, and, and winding that way. Yeah. Uh, from the, the vertical type movement, I'm doing old school, I'm going to call it a granny toss, you know, yeah. or a keg toss type of motion where you're kind of on, you know, standing up and you're throwing the ball above your head uh, for, for more height and, 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 and going through that. You know, the old strongman come, they just took a keg and they try to throw it over a wall. Yeah. You know, that, that's kind of move. But you can do that, you know, I've done it for my knees. Uh, I've gone to different motions in there. So, you know, even from the horizontal aspect, the chest pass, you, know, you can do like a start heave where you're going through the, the track and field start acceleration where you push out. So you, you really have said this, you're imagination is your limitation as long as you're on those three those three vertexes or lines of, of movement you can use any one of those any any type of movement pattern that, that yeah. that's associated with 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 that so you can create tests as as we can as you want to go through through a lot of that you can do right. somebody's talking about like a scoop toss you know going through movements you know and everybody's got a fancy term for for a simple type of movement but you know you can really you know keep the ball on the ground start it there and throw it up in the air and, and create different movement patterns as long as you're imit re repeating the same test variability and you have your same test standards you're going to get the numbers that that really we're looking for and, and and I think it's you know down the road I would see this ball kind of replacing the hey we're gonna throw for distance type mm -hmm. of thing because you know somebody asked me yesterday how accurate is the ball and I'm like well how accurate is throw for distance and put your foot down to measure measure where you are yeah. you know because then it's like you know, all of a sudden somebody asks you a question and all of a sudden your foot moves three inches you know so it's you know where, where, where's where's your repeatability a lot with yeah. with kind of that I mean you're really you know hey I'm gonna hey the ball landed there I'm gonna guess to that's about the spot I mean unless you're throwing in sand you really don't have that accurate num yeah. number with with distance throws either so you have some of that five or five percent air factor which comes I think with everything mm -hmm. yeah and you know most people don't have the space at a facility or wherever they're at to see how far they right. can throw it right that's, that's another great point that's just not practical for like yeah. some places 100 percent, but right. not everywhere right. um, whereas something like this I was thinking as you we were talking it, it allows you the ability to measure differences like for example let's say I'm in a, a left foot forward lunge position versus a right and doing a throw in both those positions and seeing the asymmetries in force development uh, might change what you focus on in your programming what to see whether if symmetry is important do you start changing it and maybe certain sports symmetry isn't as important but it starts to give you an idea of where you can start creating your training program yeah, yeah and, and again I, I think great point and it's like the, the more it gets put into use yeah. I think the more we're going to kind of come up with applications for, for, for these types of things, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can, now I can use it in rehab to, to, to measure differences in my age. Return to play, right? Return to play, exactly. You do baseline measurements before the, uh, a season starts for a sport yeah. or for a junior program or whatever it is. Uh, here's my measurements, my left throw, right throw, like you're talking yep. vertical, whatever yep. it is. And then if athlete gets hurt, ACL injury or whatever it is, you know, you can do force plate analysis to see uh, where their improvement is, but now you have, if they're a throwing athlete yeah. or yeah. anything like what we do, um, I want to be able to tell, is that athlete producing the same amount of force that they were prior to the injury? And this is a great way of measuring yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, any, to me, anytime you get numbers on something, now, now, you, now you can show, hey, you know, everybody's, oh, he's 80%. Well, 80% of what? 
you know, to return. You know, not, now we actually have some some system in place that that, that we can kind of compare that. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, somebody asked a question earlier is like, well, what's our junior golf numbers? What's what's the what's the good values of junior golf, and what's a good value compared to? You know, everything's compared to the pros, which is a good benchmark. But why are we comparing a 15-year-old to a 25-year-old to a 30-year-old yeah. in there? I mean, why, why not? Let's let's get our random numbers and figure that all those yeah. out. And even if you're looking at at pros. If you look at guys who hit it far, right? So say a Brooks Kepka, he pounds it out there. Yeah. Um, a Bubba Watson hits it out there. Yeah. They're not going to produce the same numbers on this. No. So if the guys who are relatively equivalent as far as a distance and their ability to to create um, speed with the golf ball aren't going to have the same numbers, right. why are we comparing a 14-year-old <laughs> to someone like a, um, a like we already mentioned him, a Brooks Kepka? Yeah. Or Dustin like a Cameron Champ, right. or one of these right. guys, right, who just slaughter the ball, right? right? Uh, you know, there's guys out on tour who smash it and literally probably couldn't do 10 push-ups. Yeah. And there's other guys who can do 1,000 push-ups, but can't hit it out of their shoes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, a couple questions for you. So I know from some of the, the technology that I, that I utilize, there is a fragility to the technology, right? Like, you have to be careful when I'm traveling with it to make sure it doesn't break. So now you're using technology in a, a piece of equipment that you're throwing. <laughs> so am I able to throw this into a wall? Yes. You can? Yes. What about if I slam it into the ground? Yes. And it's going to be resilient to that. And, and, and all those things you're going to ask and look at, this is the why it's taken so long for this to come in place into a medicine ball. They found a way to encase this, I mean, again, technology of today it's probably the size of my thumbnail of a spirometer that's inside the medicine ball encased in padding that's put inside the ball and 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 protected so it's you know i call it the old boxing i'm old so i'm old old boxing <laughs> medicine balls you know the soft ones that they yeah. used to throw around the gym this is the the type of ball that 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 we're, we're they're utilizing for like the this. dynamax the dynamax balls yeah. yeah and and there's a cord that comes out of that with a velcro padding over the top of that and you plug it in the same way you'd plug in your 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 phone to charge it up oh is into that right the, into the wall so you charge up the the ball the spirometer in there uh and and you can I, i've thrown it into walls i've i've actually thrown it high enough to hit my ceiling i've slammed it into the ground works work, and that's actually funny you said it, to wake the ball up you got to throw it in the air and let it hit the ground so it wakes up the spirometer so that uh. now you have access that's kind of the wake up that's kind of, that's the wake up method okay so that's good to know because as you were talking so for those who are out there i have not yet had a chance to play with this uh, I'm very much looking forward to playing with it, but uh, that was one of the questions I was thinking about. You know, as you're explaining some of the, the tests that you mm -hmm. you guys have on the app, I'm like, well, if I if I got guys, say a football like a big football dude who's who's lining up on the O line or the D line and he's slamming this ball, is it going to hold up yeah. to that kind of impact? And yeah, apparently and, it is. And 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 one of the this is this is probably I'm talking a generation six or seven that I have in my office. One of the earlier generation of the balls actually had Brooks Kepler throwing the ball into the wall and it held up. So okay. Perfect. <laughs> who, you, who you know who can, who can really yeah. chuck a medicine ball or hit Absolutely. the ball pretty far. So he produces some pretty good force and threw the ball in the wall and, and it with, withstand his force. So we're, we're, I think we're good so far. That's amazing because you know, now you're looking at, okay, so if I'm running a university uh, sports program, these are the type of things because you're going to have injuries that's inevitable and yep. in yep. any really any team sport but especially like a high performance contact mm -hmm. collision sport you're going to have the ankle the knee the back injuries yep. 
and you're going to have to have return to play parameters. Yep. And for a lot of people, you know, you talked about how we can get down in essence into like a lineman's stance and then rip off, explode, throw the ball and see what kind of power I can produce. Mm -hmm. um, those are the type of things that when you have very easy numbers to quantify, that makes it much easier for me to feel comfortable once you create this uh, assessment protocol to return an athlete to sport when I know that their power output numbers, uh, their endurance numbers, all those kind of things are matching up to what they did before their injury. Right. That's, right. uh, that's a powerful tool. Yeah, and, and, and even, I'm going to say, even the texture of the ball, like I've had Dynamax balls, I've had, you know, a lot of, I mean, my medicine balls in my place, we, 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 we break them. So they're, they're, I don't, my balls, we don't last a year yeah. because we use them so much. This ball that we've had, the texture of this, the quality of the ball, you know, if it sold just by itself, would probably would, would probably be a high end high end medicine ball. Yeah. I mean, just the, the, it actually feels like scuba gear uh, covering the ball because it's got pretty good texture to it and it and it's pretty durable. So that one of the things that they kind of looked at is in, you know basically the, the having the ball last a lot longer than a traditional medicine ball. Yeah. You know, from the throws and everything that we're looking to have with this Amazing. to protect it. So it, it, it's it call it a, it really is a high end high end ball from the texture and everything else. The quality of the ball is is pretty top notch. Yeah, that's awesome. I know I was doing a, a film shoot for uh, programs that we're doing on Champion Golf Fitness, which is championgolffitness.com. <laughs> and uh, one of them was the medicine ball slams. And this is, it was like one in the morning. We've been filming exercises all day, all night. Yep. So <laughs> my, my buddy, uh, Dr. Vincent Sai is off camera and he's explaining what I'm doing as I'm going through the, the movements. And so we're on the medicine ball slam exercise. So I'm going and you know, sometimes when you're filming, you, you notice things, but you try to like ignore it, right? <laughs> so I slam the ball and I'm like, oh man, there's like the stitching looks yeah. like it's a little loose, but I have to do X amount of reps. So I keep going and then I'm like, oh, the rips a little bit more. And then I hit it the next time and it just goes boom, <laughs> just explodes. It makes for a good promo for the, the, the series at Champion Golf Fitness, but um, it definitely didn't work well for the ball. So right. it's nice to know that your ball is not going to do that. Yeah, it's like, the, 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 yeah. I, I just was thinking the same thing. I was looking at, I pulled up my 12 kilo ball or 12 pound ball that I have at my place, and I'm like, man, this isn't going to last much longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was thinking. So if you, what's cool is you can use that tool. So let's just say a medicine ball slam, yeah. right? Because this is an easy exercise to to think about if you're at home and not watching on camera. Or, so you slam the ball again. Let's just use 100 watts. It's an easy number. Yep. 100 watts is, is the power output that comes up. Your second slam is 95, and then 93, and 90, and it kind of ticks down. You can not only use the ball to determine when your cutoff point is, but now you can also use the ball to start saying, okay, in three months from now, my goal is to be able to put out 100 watts of power on my sixth rep, right? right? So instead of just seeing that slow bleed down from now and trying to figure out from on this day what my rep count's gonna be, I can start figuring out in three months from now, what's my goal, right. my performance goal using yeah. this equipment. Yeah. You know, if you look at anything and you can say, well, how do you, how do you 
you know, from lifting, why, 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 do, why do really, why do guys or why do people like lifting weights so much? Because you like, look, hey, on day one, I was lifting 10 pounds. Day, week, week two, I was lifting 15 pounds, and lifting 20 pounds. And it's kind of the same thing as with the medicine balls. Now we're actually gonna look at this to say, hey, look how much you've improved. Yeah. You know, people like to say, hey, this is how much I've improved over the course of time. Even from a, you know, you know, I started with a 12-year-old girl in, in, in my place, you know, pretty good now. She's a freshman in high school, pretty good player, playing on the varsity team. She's playing on the varsity team as an eighth grader. But it's really like we, we don't have those benchmarks to say other right. than how much weight you've lifted, which, you know, you know, techniques, a factor, everything else. We don't have the benchmarks of how much power have you increased and produced over the course of time yeah. to really measure this. And, you know, you look back to, you know, again, golf coaching is one thing and they always trying to I call it match up a swing with what they feel the physical parameters are with the person. So you might get a younger kid in more of a. I use this from a stack and tilt type of methodology because of the way she's not able to load up on the right side better. But if we now can show that, hey, we can throw this ball at a pretty good force, loading up on the backside and going more, I'll use some traditional golf swing motion where we're called a, more, a little more athletic in nature, maybe that's the point of where we can try and convince the everybody else in the method, hey, maybe we should start changing around those parameters of, of how we're utilizing or how we're teaching this individual to hit the golf ball so we can generate more speed so we can get more distance and we can play you know I'll call it healthier longer yeah going through that so I, again I, I think the, the, the more we get out there the more we talk about this to me I'm excited about it because of the fact is just again from looking at it from we've got something that can measure rotational power and then we can look at you know the fatigue index something was something I never even thought of you know initially when we brought this up there but now you add in probably 10 or 15 more elements that we can create or we can look at just on the, the ability to measure uh, parameters with 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 the medicine ball yeah and you know most of the other tools that I'm aware of that you can utilize to measure any type of power they aren't super portable right right so you have to kind of use it where the base is this is my home base i've got it set up whether it's um you know a piece of cybex equipment in the gym or it's a force plate platform whereas with this like i can take this anywhere uh especially if i'm driving you know think if i'm a mini tour player who drives a lot or if i'm a a, a business guy who travels a lot i can take something like this with me and now i have the ability to measure my force output my power production very easily on the course, at the gym I'm traveling to, at the new hotel, at my house, and there's not very many products that can do that. No. No. So that's pretty exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, again, you know, everybody, you know, look at a lot of different things, but it, that, that's, that's again, another element that's like, yeah, well, you know, just you even think about that. But yeah. if you get like a small 2K medicine ball, which is four pounds, 4.4 pounds, for those who can't figure this out, yeah. you know, it, 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 it can go with you anywhere. I mean, you throw it in your golf bag, you know, yeah. the, the travel cases of the bags. I mean, it's just, you know, you're, you're already paying your extra, extra 25, 30 bucks for because your golf club's way too much anyway. So, okay, what's another, you know, put, put a little bit more in there and, and and figure it out and it's it's if it's it's ability for you to train better off the course to 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 work a little bit more effectively and efficiently you know i I think it's a great tool for that yeah and you know there's a lot of trainers out there um you know including myself who have multiple locations that we go to in order to assess teams and to assess you know different players this is something that's pretty easy i can take with me uh, and assess people from all around Florida or the U.S. or Canada, or I guess I could even go to Europe with it, but definitely my local environment, whether I'm going over to Nona, whether I'm going over to Orange County, going down to Miami, throw in the car, and I can easily use this to assess different people, different populations, 
like in a, the most simplistic way possible, really, yeah. all over the place. I think yeah. that's that's an amazing application. Yeah, and, and as we're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, geez, you know, I, I got, I'm consult with the University of Auburn. I was like, I could start taking it there and, yeah. and, and working with them and, and going through some stuff and just kind of giving us some, giving me some baseline numbers on where we started in January and where we're going to finish and, you know, hopefully with a national championship at some point in time, but, you know, yeah. where we are at the end of the season and, and, and show the improvements of, of the program that we're putting together. Yeah, and, you know, so one of the things that I, I always find fascinating is the um, the amount of work that's done in the gym and the carryover, if it exists, to the field of play. Right. And a lot of times, definitely in the 90s, there wasn't a lot of carryover because the training, even though people trained hard, they looked better. Um, what they were doing sometimes was a detriment to the performance, right. Right? right? So now you can use a tool like this where you might not even train with it, but let's say you have an athlete that depends on a throwing motion or rotary skill part of the assessment is using this uh, tool. Then you go through your training program, whatever it is, now you can see, has it made a difference on this right. skill set, right? right? It's the same as when you have guys on Trackman or Force Blades, you can look before and afterwards, but again, now you have to have that, like yeah. a Trackman with $20,000 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, force Plates can get quite expensive, um, but they give you an ability to measure pre-post and see whether your training program is having an effect that you want, and now this does it for a couple hundred bucks. Right, and, and yeah, and I mean, I, and I think that's that's the the biggest thing that we always want to look at. And I'm just thinking, you said, you mentioned the '90s. I'm like, I was training during the '90s. <laughs> no, man, same here. <laughs> uh, Late '90s for me, early '90s for you, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I, it's, uh, but but I think it, you know we always want to you know somebody asked me ways you know this would be a great tool to really compare, you know the the the, the correlate the speed of the ball to you know, speed on track, man, to club head speed, to all these different variables, to almost come up with a correlation yeah. of, you know, you increase one meter per second increase on the medicine ball throw with, you know, the, the, the technique aspect in there. What does that relate to my club head speed? Because at the end of the day, that's what the guys want, want yeah. to know. How, how does this help me? So if we can look at those things and say, hey, you know, and maybe it's maybe it's three specific throws. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not, you know, the vertical throws we're looking at. I know there's a correlation between vertical jump and club head speed, but is there really you know yeah. i can tell you a couple guys that i have that hit the hit the ball very far vertical jump is not that great yeah i have a couple of those too <laughs> so so how is it so maybe there's something more into the rotational component for certain individuals especially for golfers that really is a greater carryover to club head speed and and in the past we really haven't had a chance to, to measure that and i think we can figure those numbers out so we can sit there and say to somebody hey you throw this shot put motion and if you can get to 15 meters per second that's equivalent to you know whatever it is 115 to 117 mile an hour club head speed yeah. based on what we're or you know it, it, it's you know somewhat of a there is a correlation between this rotational movement and your club head speed and again I don't know those numbers but yeah. I think if we get to that point come, yeah. I think that's going to be you know because again it's it's always look at you know you know you have this I have this a lot of your better players who are out there it's it's all about durability is much more important than ability it comes yeah. to a certain point in time is that if we can get into the point of well hey look if you spend more time taking care of yourself in the gym without beating 150 balls an hour you know for the next six hours on the range to kind of get better now if we can come back to something where we can work efficiently and effectively for an hour and a half where they're not pounding their wrists and their joints and their back on a regular basis to say hey this is this carries over to you a little more effectively to the golf game I, I think that's going to make a lot of people a more healthier uh, and maybe more enjoyable in the long run. Yeah, and especially if I'm a if I'm a corporate golfer, or a, a, 
you know, an A-type personality who's really trying to improve my game, but, you know, not everyone's going to be a PGA Tour player. Right. Some people want to win club championships and amateur yeah. championships. This is a super easy tool that I can incorporate into my home training programs, yeah. and it's a nice way to measure. And guys like that like to measure, you know? Yeah, yeah. So outside the ball, you know, before we close up here, I want to talk about, you know, Dave Donatucci, Florida Institute of, um, Florida Institute of Performance in uh, <laughs> Palm Beach Gardens. If I'm in that area, what is the population of people in that area who would benefit from coming in to see you there? Population people in that area? Yeah, like, so if I live down in that area, yeah. what's the population that's going to benefit coming in to see you? Who are you looking to work with, and what's your clientele look like right now? Yeah, my, my clientele really ranges from I have you know, an, an eight-year-old girl who's, who's playing, playing on the little U.S. kids tournaments all the way to a 76-year-old lady who comes in, plays golf two or three times a week, uh, comes down from Chicago every year and comes in three times a week for training uh, to go through that. So pretty wide range. Um, majority of them are golfers uh, that, that, that do come through there, but getting a large number of baseball players. Uh, we have a number of tennis players that are, that are coming through here. Actually, my tallest individual that I think I've worked with, I have a seven-foot tennis player. No way. That's, that's coming in. Holy moly. Out. Yeah, 20 years old, and, and you know, the, the sky's the limit for this kid uh, to kind of go through some things. Uh, I have a number of young... Legitimately seven feet? Legitimately wow. seven feet. Not okay. even, it's, it kind of reminds me, it's, it me, kind of age me a little bit. I was working with the Cleveland Cavaliers back in the early 90s, and we were doing testing and measuring on a lot of the Cavaliers, and they had just drafted a kid named Brad Doherty. Yeah. Uh, and, and we go through this, and we measured him, put him through the testing, and we go through all the results, and Wayne Embry's sitting there, and Wayne Embry is a good six foot 11 and 400 and some pounds solid. They used to call him and they said when he set a pick, it was like running into the Great Wall of China. So we sit at this table with everybody and we go, we, we got numbers and it said Brad Dory, six foot 11. He looks at me and he goes, What's this? He goes, What's this six foot 11? He goes, I drafted a seven foot center. And he goes, Well, we measure him six, six foot 11. He goes, Did you measure him with shoes? And we said, no, we didn't. He doesn't play with shoes. Scratched off 6'11", put seven feet. He's <laughs> 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 playing in shoes. We get another inch in there. So, so, so anyway, so he, he's legitimately seven feet. I mean, he, yeah. and, and going through that. And I was surprised. I actually <laughs> went to the U.S. Open uh, tennis tournament in, in New York uh, to work with him for a little bit. I was surprised the number of tennis players that are today that are above six foot five and that yeah. are ranked in the top 15, top 20 uh, that were out there. Guys it's pretty amazing. Bigger, bigger and bigger. Well, look at, just even look at golf, right? If you look down the range, you still have some shorter guys. You know, you have uh, Ricky Fowler mm -hmm. and guys like that. But the average player is just getting bigger and yep. bigger and bigger. Yep. You know, there's no question. That's well, that's humans in general. Correct. Especially here in America. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Probably more so than other places. But but, but the answer, answer, I mean, look for anybody. If, you, if you're to me, I'll call it an elite training facility. And elite means if you're looking to improve yourself, wherever that might be, you know, I'm, I'm, come on in, stop in. We'll we'll kind of help you along along those paths. So it's really yeah. people that are dedicated. And I, again, I have more. I have a corporate corporate people that are, as you, as you know, they're driven. You know, and they're looking for a lot of ways for an edge, for an advantage to kind of go through a lot of some things. And I sometimes you enjoy working with the corporate guys more than the pro guys because they're going to give you the effort yeah. and they got a time crunch that they got to be on. They're going to be in, be out, and, and they're going to get a lot of work done yeah. in that short period of time. That is awesome. Um, that's amazing. Uh, for those of you, you may have heard some background noise uh, a little bit earlier when we were in between waves of presenters here at the uh, World Golf Fitness Summit. Um, so hopefully that wasn't too distracting, but I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm excited to get my hands on the ballistic ball and we'll have where to get access to this ball where you can purchase it in the show notes. Um, 
but it's always a pleasure to hang out with you, my friend. Pleasure. Um, Dave Donatucci, Florida Institute of Performance in Palm Beach Gardens. Thank you very much for being Thanks, on the show. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Yep, no problem. Yeah. Injuries, headaches, back problems. We all experience physical pain in our lives, and the majority of that pain is caused by one thing, inflammation. At Luminos, we've created a safe, all-natural pain relief patch that directly targets pain instantly with no side effects. Just apply the Luminos patch directly to an area of pain. The relief can be felt in minutes and it will last all day. Go to Luminos.com right now and start living without pain today.